back, episode 138 of the Troy Malcolm podcast featuring Adrian Bow. How are you, Troy? <laughs> I'm really well. I'm really well, Adrian. Thank you so much. And, uh, mate, I would love to uh, to call it my podcast, but I'll tell you what, your following is just going from strength to strength on all your channels. And, uh, mate, listen, I'd be very humbled, but, no, it's it's the Adrian <laughs> Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm, episode number 138. Um, we've had a couple of weeks where we've been uh, really busy, Adrian, and I yeah. think that's a reflection of everyone we've spoken to. Um, everyone has been quite, quite crazy busy right now in a good way, but also when we've seen a few different things come up in the market in regards to um, pressures on buyers and sellers, the market somewhat has corrected itself in some pockets. There's been changes in interest rates. There's been anticipation of continued interest rates. Everything that we've been hearing for the last couple of months, um, we decided to focus this episode not of talking about a shifting market because mm. you and I both don't like that conversation. It feels like it's been done time far too long we actually want to focus back on what you consider one of your greatest strengths and i agree is around the process to keep mm. you focused and on track and well that's what really excites me about the listeners we have is because we constantly get feedback from the matron that the process sets you free in regards to what we do and so much feedback has been given to you with your coaching clients around they followed your steps and the five key pillars to really see that translate into a sustainable and consistent business. And so today's episode is all about the consistency, all about the process and all about talking about those five pillars. So Adrian, for those that don't know the five pillars as yet, can you do a quick overview of them and then we'll maybe do a deep dive on one or two of them during this episode? Absolutely, Troy. And, you know, I'm, I'm out there every day coaching people. And unfortunately, there's such a big ad nauseum conversation around this shifting market. Fact is this, prior to the three interest rate rises, if someone could borrow a million dollars, now they can borrow 850. So that's a 15% correction on borrowing capacity, which is not a coincidence that in many markets, the change from the peak in October has been 15%. So that, that's objective, it's factual, there's nothing we can do about it. However, as you said, Troy, my five pillars of what to focus on and what you can control. Number one is your prospecting and data main, database management strategy, right? And prospecting and database management are not mutually exclusive, as you know. Number two, your listing process. Number three, your vendor management process. Number four, your buyer strategy. And number five, your personal branding strategy. Now, let me tell you, if you master those five pillars or modules, if you like, a shifting market is far less important. Yeah, Adrian, and I guess, you know, we could talk for the next five hours and focus on the five pillars and do an hour on each one of those segments, and we may do that in the future, but high level, out of all of them, um, what are some of the top tips that you've been working with your clients right now around prospecting and around listing um, to start off with, and then we might break it down into the vendor management, the buyer management, and keep going from there, but what are some of the top tips that we should be aware of that if we're slightly off track or we're slightly not winning as many as we should, we should really establish that process so let's start with prospecting i think that's probably the the most important one in in regards to setting up the expectation around the five 
Absolutely. So when you look at prospecting and database management, uh, Troy, the, the sub-agenda items are under that are very simple. One is reactive prospecting, which we can 100% control, which are basically vendor paid leads when you've got listings with email inquiry, phone inquiry and callbacks. The stats tell us that anywhere between 30 to 40% of people that are engaging with you actually own property in your core market. Now, they may not be looking to sell today, but let me tell you, with a appropriate data management strategy, they are looking to probably sell somewhere in the next 12 months, 24 months, even up to five years. And that's where touch points, awareness and top of mind comes into place. The second subcategory of data management and prospecting is your proactive prospecting, which is basically you creating a checklist every time you list and sell a piece of real estate. Now, let me tell you, there's a suite of available options to you. You've just got to choose what suits you best. Now, one is geo-targeting your database. Two is, is, is emailing your database. Three is SMSing your database. Four is cold calling. Five is door knocking. Six is letterbox dropping. Seven is social media. So are you doing all, none, or some of those every time you list and sell a piece of real estate? Now, the third pillar of database management and prospecting, Troy, is task-orientated prospecting. So I don't care whether you're using Outlook agent box or or any CRM, are you waking up every day with 30 to 50 calls that were scheduled from either three weeks ago or three months ago with high value content around just listed, just sold with a view to either update your notes or create a market appraisal for yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, if you just re-listen to that last couple of minutes there, listeners, you've got a really clear understanding about what you need to be doing. Adrian, I know that you've mentioned in the past as well around prospecting that it's the trading of attention. So it's not just one strategy that works. I believe and I have a strong belief that you need to be doing all three of those things um, cohesively to actually get the momentum in the market that you're looking for. And again, it relies heavily on the process and having a system in place that you can tick the box and move on to the next activity. Adrian, as we then shift into the second key pillar, again, if we can highlight one or two things that you're seeing right now that's super important around the process for people that are slightly off track or just want to go to that next level. Yeah, so obviously, you know, to, to, to try and curate, you know, a very long module about listing, you know, you're looking at, at, at basically four main areas there, Troy. One is the qualification piece, which is that pre-listing questionnaire, just making sure traffic controlling, are you going to a price check or are you going to a listing opportunity? And if it's a listing opportunity, are you using a question-based uh, questionnaire, if you will, or a conversation rather than a question-based listing appointment because your listing appointment should be very agenda-based. So that's your first thing. The second thing is the information you're sending in advance. Is it quality? Is it impactful? Is it adding value? Okay. Um, the third part of this is the agenda-based listing presentation. Um, do you leave everything to chance? Therefore, what I mean by that is, are you leaving listings and thinking, I didn't talk about social media. I didn't talk about this unique selling proposition. I didn't talk about our database. I didn't talk about our brand. I didn't talk about, you know, how I work with buyers. So that's crazy. So if you've got an agenda-based listing presentation, it'll save you getting off track and it'll save you forgetting things. And it'll also avoid the client getting off track as well. Then the fourth part of it, Troy, is very much 
uh, expectation benchmark metrics. So mm. once you've actually listed the property, are you creating some expectation benchmarks what the client should expect around web views, amount of people through, social media impressions, email inquiries, phone inquiries, because these owners either sold 10 years ago, never, or did it pre-technology. So walk into the scenario with not much expectations. We have to create those benchmarks for them, Troy. And then the, the, the final piece of the puzzle is that vendor management weekly meeting to continue to create those benchmarks on a seven-day cycle. So there's something to measure there, Troy. Yeah, and I guess that's exactly straight into pillar number three around vendor management, making sure you're having daily phone conversations, making sure you're being not just the person protecting their interests, but also yep. being transparent in the feedback you're receiving. Weekly written reports, weekly face-to-face -face reports normally go together. Having that expectations meeting up front, but also then going into... Um, you know, if there is something off track within the first five days when you've got your qualified hot buyers through, um, you're having a meeting then and there. You're not waiting and hoping that week two you're going to find that buyer and that needle in a haystack. So very important process. Uh, Adrian, any other tips around the vendor management side of things that you've noticed over the past couple of months that agents are really needing to re-establish into their business? I think they need to accept that the media will probably do 50% of your vendor management for you. The other 50% needs to be you turning up and providing that indiscriminate feedback. So this is not a conditioning tool. This is nothing to do with that. It's an education piece, Troy, around there's some anxiety uh, with vendors that are selling at the moment, and that's fine. It's up to us to ease and mitigate that anxiety by over-communication and by being present by those communication tools, whether it's phone, email, WhatsApp groups, face-to-face uh, -face meetings, and really just creating those benchmark expectation metrics. So each owner, each seven-day cycle knows exactly what to expect. And if we're at, below, or above our expectation metrics, up to the agent as the trusted advisor to provide pragmatic solutions and recommendations. Adrian, as we move into the fourth pillar around buyer management, this is something that over the past two years we've noticed um, such a hesitancy around really servicing buyers the way we were doing pre-pandemic because there's been so many and they've always been quite ambitious in what their strategies have been to secure property. That game has changed now. We know that. We know that anyone that's conducting auctions out there in the market, they're going from those 10 or 15 registrations they maybe saw in the past two years or 18 months, they're back down to three or four at a maximum. So those buyers out there that are actively in the market, the great news is for everyone listening to this, they want to buy. If they're still in that yeah. market, they want to buy. So it's just about the servicing of that. And Adrian, I know historically, You've done this time and time again, but you've worked with those hot buyers and you've actually taken them through properties. You've applied buyer private appointments with them to make sure that you're building that trust and rapport. And you're not just talking to them about configuration and location. You're actually getting to that deeper understanding of what they're looking for out there in the market and how that can benefit them by the properties you're showing. Can you want to give a bit of an insight again into the buyers you've been working with, not only with your super team, but also those um, that you're coaching out there in the market? Absolutely. So what we're identifying at the moment with buyers, Troy, is you definitely have either an asking price or a price guide with the listing. Now, when buyers are engaging, it's so critical to ask that direct question, which is, Troy, just so I can accurately report back to my client and 
either either answer is fine, but it will really help me help you and also help my client, which is the price guide is 1.1. I just simply would love to know, are you around or below that range? Just so I can accurately report to my client and actually help you identify the right property. That question alone, Troy, rather than guiding and guessing and turning up to the auction day and finding out that buyer's highest bid is 980, then getting frustrated, that's not going to help anyone. You know, So if the buyer is below the price guide, then identify from there, is it the property or is it their budget? Do they subjectively feel that the property has a certain value, yet they have more to spend? And if that's the case, fine. Have a conversation around some other sales, potentially, or... Potentially, it could be a maximum restriction on budget. And if that's the case, there's no script or dialogue in the world that's going to change that, Troy. So therefore, it's a matter of communicating appropriately to your client or identifying an alternate property for that buyer. Adrian, as we move into the last pillar, um, we've covered off so much content. I was just looking at the time and realised that we're under 15 minutes. So the final pillar, we're probably going to break these down over the next couple of weeks because we know that consistently the feedback we get from our listeners and also the questions that we see both coaching clients, not only within the brands we operate, but across the industry as a whole, um, it's super important to make sure that process always beats um, the activities that you're doing and relying on that process definitely gets you ahead. Adrian, as we wrap up this episode, the fifth pillar that we discuss and we focus on quite often is somewhere something that agents always fall away from. Um, again, what are you doing right now with your clients and your team in particular to really make sure that this area isn't forgotten about and focused on all the other pillars that we've discussed this morning? Yeah, personal branding is critical, Troy. I mean, what all the listeners need to remember is, is you're a business within a business, you're a brand within a brand. And everything you do and say and put out to the market is a direct reflection on your brand. Now, it, you can't rely on your the brand you're working, whether it's an independent or a larger group. And you and I are fortunate enough to represent two of the, 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 the best businesses um, in, in McGrath and Ray White. But that are, they are platforms, Troy. They are platforms. Even if you're with an independent company, that's a platform. You need to build a business within a business and a brand within a brand. And if you're not reinvesting anywhere between 3 to 5% of your projected GCI back into personal branding, whether it's a sponsorship, whether it's rate my agent boost, whether it's social media, whether it's Google AdWords, whether it's DL cards, like ultimately there, there needs to be a suite of products available to you to be able to you know connect with clients it might be a price update through realtor pitch for example there's just so many opportunities out there at the moment to generate appraisals it could be a landing page from a facebook ad um, but the budget is the most important thing don't believe just because the market's pulling back you need to pull back if anything you need to double down and people need to be able to have you on the shopping list when the time does come. And that's the important thing. I actually think, Adrian, it's a bit of a hybrid. It's not just one approach. It's actually used in a number of those things that you just mentioned around personal brand. The other thing about personal brand that I do love at the moment is the agents that are doing good work with all those other pillars, they're actually getting themselves ahead because their personal brand is becoming a brand of attraction. It's not necessarily a marketing tool, but they're doing the right thing by their clients. And guess what? Buyers and sellers out there in our local communities, they're talking more than ever. Why? Because it's really topical at the moment, what's happening with real estate, where we're 
going to see things change over the next six months, 12 months, 24 months. So super important to do things right, do it with integrity, do it with transparency and make sure that you're actually nailing the marketing side of it as well to attract the business that you don't currently know of those clients. Adrian, episode number 138, thank you so much for joining us on your own podcast again. We love seeing you. Uh, the next couple of weeks, guys, we're back. We're going to be consistently delivering content to you. Make sure you continue to send in your questions um, on any of the platforms that we currently play this podcast. Thanks again for joining us and see you all again very soon. Thanks, listeners, and thanks to Troy, the real estate legend. <laughs> That's a sponsored comment. That's a boost. <laughs> <laughs>